Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the fourth edition of the Davis Duo Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the guys that go for Two Sports Network. I'm joined by my illustrious host, Kev. Kev, give us a little wellness check. How you doing there, buddy? We are doing great. Today itself is a glorious day. We have football. It is finally back. It may just be preseason, but we are excited. Um, I mean, some football is better than no football. We're 30 days away from draft day. In our friend group, we call it D-Day. We are 30 days away from D-Day. These podcasts are going to be more and more important the closer we get to the season, right? As mentioned before, they're listening. You're, you can listen to these podcasts on any form that gives up podcast. Give us a view. Give us a comment. And give us a rate. That's all I'm going to say about that, guys. We love the fact you guys listen to our podcast. Kev, let's go ahead and start this podcast off. we got some duo news we want to get into. You know, we touched on it last week with the Cam Makers injury. Injuries are a part of football, and there's been a lot this past week. Training camp has opened up, and we got some serious injuries going on. First one I want to talk about, Devontae Smith, that stud wide receiver out of Alabama, got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. He sprained his MCL. He's out two to three weeks. That's essentially the whole entire training camp, right? Cav, what do you think about that? How does this impact his ADP? What do you think? How do you view Devontae Smith differently now? Uh, I view him as almost undraftable. Uh, just really? from the instance of rookie wide receivers don't take off as most as other positions. He's not the next Justin Jefferson. There's not a lot of guys, we've explained this before, that will produce like Justin Jefferson. You shouldn't look for the next guy like that. If he's injured and isn't building that relationship with a quarterback, I'm really not interested. It might be by week 10 that he's a consistent fantasy scorer. Uh, so I'm not interested in drafting him come draft day. So I don't, I, don't dis- I don't disagree with what you said with the Justin Jefferson take, right? So he's not Justin Jefferson. No r- rookie running back, or I'm sorry, no rookie wide receiver was ever Justin Jefferson. No rookie wide receiver will probably ever be Justin Jefferson again. Um, to your point, though, that whole week 10 being effective and being in the lineup. You know, the first time we met as a podcast, I sat down, I gave the stat of last season, no positional player was top five at their position weeks one through seven, right? So that, I mean, I'm not sure I'd put Devontae Smith as the undraftable category. His ADP currently obviously way too high. His current ADP is 85, wide receiver 42. Here are the four wide receivers listed around him. Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown. I'm drafting probably every single one of those guys except for Jarvis Landry. Um, Jarvis Landry, the reason I, I just don't like Jarvis Landry is because OBJ is coming back. He's going to take away targets. And everyone's been raving about how awesome Devonta, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is looking. Right? So I'm probably staying away from Jarvis Landry. Everybody else on that list, though, Debo Samuel, he could easily be wide receiver one for San Francisco. Marquise Brown, right now, he is wide receiver one for Baltimore. And Antonio Brown, I mean, Antonio Brown was incredible for the eight games that he was with Tampa Bay last year. So that's that's probably a player I'd take right. a stab on. But as I mean, great as those guys are, too, those are guys that would fit into my flex on some week, some weeks when running backs aren't available or maybe right. I just don't have my top guys in. That's why I'm saying Smith is undraftable for me, just because I'm never going to put him into my lineup. And then week 10 rolls around, and a guy who hasn't done anything for me the first 10 weeks, I'm probably not going to put it into my lineup week 10 and say, hey, now it's your time to shine. So I'm just not interested. You're, I mean, so just 
just uh, keeping this train rolling. So here's the main difference for me from Devontae Smith and all those wide receivers I listed. You know, Marquise Brown, they never throw the ball. They never throw the ball to him. He complained about it last year. Granted, he is wide receiver one, but they brought in more targets like Sammy Watkins and um, the rookie out of Minnesota. I'm blanking his name. uh, Rashard. uh, Rashard Bateman, right? So that's complicated. Debo Samuel, don't know who his quarterback is yet. Jarvis Landry's competing with all those guys. Antonio Brown, I think he's great. He was great last year, but he could also easily be one week, uh, you know, the sixth option on that team. Devontae Smith, where it stands right now, he's still, he's the 1A on that team without doubt. I'm not worried about Jalen Rager taking away targets from him. I'm not worried about Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz. No one even knows what's going on in that tight end room. So I, I, I think that's one reason I would probably draft Devontae Smith. If I'm looking... Let's just pull like a wide receiver, you know, 57, right? Let's move him down 12 spots. That's Devontae Parker, Darnell Moody, Nelson Aguilar. I would probably still rather have those guys over Devontae Smith, right? So he's undraftable for you. I'm looking in 13th round. So I'm probably not drafting before 13th round. If you're in a keeper or a dynasty league, that might switch it up a little bit. You know, if I'm in a keeper league and he's available 13th round, I might put him on my bench depending on how deep my league is. But what Kevin's saying on draftable, the more we talked about it, I kind of talked myself. Um, honestly, it's just heartbreaking for Devontae Smith. You know, his big knock is durability, and he's too small. And his first two weeks in the NFL, he sprained his MCL. I don't know how it happened. I didn't see the play. They're not showing it. That's still definitely, that is a red flag. You know, it's tough for a rookie, you know, when everyone's talking about how small he is, to get injured right away. Um, moving on. We got some more bad injury news, unfortunately. Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, same foot injury, same foot, same timetable, 5 to 12 weeks, which is just a massive timetable. At the time of the injury, if it was 5 weeks, that's week 1. If it's 12 weeks, we're 8 weeks into the NFL season, right? So that's a massive difference in timetable. Kev, what's your gut reaction? Let's start with Carson Wentz because he's a little bit more quantifiable in fantasy. What's that do to Carson Wentz for you? Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz was not on my radar prior to this. Um, He's definitely not on my radar now. Uh, They'll probably bring in a veteran quarterback to play. Uh, So I think if you're looking at the number one wide receiver for the Colts, uh, that might still be an option if you're planning on drafting them. Uh, I think the bigger question everybody was looking at is, you know, what's this going to do to uh, the running back or the running situation out there with Jonathan Taylor? Uh, You know. Taking Carson Wentz out, those dump-off passes now are not really there for Jonathan Taylor, or at least, I guess, credible offensive play. Uh, They're not going to move the ball too much. So I think the Carson Wentz injury definitely hurts Jonathan Taylor, Uh, and then we'll get a little bit more into the O-lineman. But, uh, yeah, that's what I think regarding Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know, we did that divisional recap, and I think we put the Houston or the Indianapolis Colts as the second-best option just because, like, They're not worse than the Houston Texans or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, this Carson Wentz injury, I might honestly view the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Jacksonville Jaguars all in the same fantasy breath. And what I mean by that is about each team has one player that you're confident being your, you know, positional player number two. So what I mean by that is like, DJ Shark is your wide receiver number two. Jonathan Taylor is your running back number two. Brandon Cooks is your wide receiver number two. So, like, all those teams have one player. I'm okay being a complimentary player. 
I never want to look at my roster and see that my positional number one player is a player on those teams. That's when I start to feel bad about it, right? I think this Carson Wentz injury, I, I don't think it was an Indianapolis Colt wide receiver I wanted to draft, right? I mean, if you know, I can understand, you know, uh, T.Y. Uh, is going to get catches, right? Like, that's going to happen. So I could still see there being some value there. But, I mean, his current ADP is 53. Wide receivers around him is McCole Harmon and Michael Pittman. Oh, that's great. Um, Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton are, you know, that's just a tough pick. You know, that's late in the 11th round, early 12th. I'm probably not looking for a wide receiver in that round. I'm probably going to take a flyer on like an Irv Smith or like an A.J. Dillon or a Jalen Hurts or something like that. I, I just, those wide receivers don't excite me. And then the running backs, you know, let's let's switch up the gear here. The Quentin Nelson, right? Uh, I saw this stat the other day. It was tweeted out by um, Tom Palacero that uh, Jonathan Taylor, when running behind Quentin Nelson, averages 4.1 yards per carry. When he goes to the opposite side of the offensive line, he's averaging 2.1 yards per carry. That's 50% as effective, right? That's got to be a glaring issue, right, Kev? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought Jonathan Taylor in the first round was a little risky as it was after that breakout year last year. Uh, but now if you check any draft website, whether you're on Sleeper, ESPN, Yahoo, you're slowly watching Jonathan Taylor's ADP drop. And again, this is why you do those mock drafts early. That's why you continue to do them through August is because you watch the movement of certain players. So even if you didn't hear the injury news, you can just look at the ADP of Jonathan Taylor and how it's dropping. He was originally at the sixth spot. That's as high as I saw him in round one. Now he's dropped to 12th pick. Jeez. So right, he's a right. second round guy. Uh, I think he's fine for a second round guy. I would still, though, put him behind guys like Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. And right now he's ahead of them in ADP. But again, in a week, I think he's behind the Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. I mean, those guys are for sure number ones. You know their team is healthy. They also are behind a better offense. The Colts, we knew their offense was a little bit weaker. And now with that offensive line injury, I'm not interested at all in Jonathan Taylor in the first round. Mm -hmm. Late second is where he's at for me. So their defense is so good that Jonathan Taylor might just run the ball 40 times a game because their defense is so good to be kept in it. And um, their offensive line before Quentin Nelson was hurt was great. But now they're going to have to run it 40 times without a great offensive line, potentially until week eight. And then who knows what it's going to look like in week eight. You don't know where the Colts are going to be like in the standings without their quarterback and their offensive linemen. You know, for all we know, the Colts could be two and six come week eight. And here's Carson Wentz and Quilton Nelson. Do we really want to put them on the field and risk it? Do we want to sit them? Who knows what stride Jonathan Taylor's in? That just makes a lot of question marks. I'm just not excited about the offense. Speaking of not excited about the offense. Did you see this quote from T. Higgins about Joe Burrow? I'll, re I'll read it to you verbatim, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. So here's the quote from Tyler Boyd. His wide receiver won last year on Joe Burrow. I think he's a little iffy on his knee, but it's hard to tell. I think he's ready to go, but he doesn't want to do too much. So, Kev, like I said, we're 30 days out from the draft, and that means we're 38 days from week one. So we're we're just barely over a month away 
and Tyler Board is saying these things about his quarterback. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit concerning. Um, I won't mess with my rankings too much here and drop, you know, T. Higgins way out of proportion. But if your number one wide receiver is concerned and can see that in daily practice and then goes to the media and can't even give you a lie in that instance, I appreciate him for him for being honest. I've heard the same from reporters that Joe Burrow looks a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. Those first few games for him just coming back from a horrific injury like he had last year, coming back those first few games might be a little bit slow. They might rely on the run a little bit more. The deep passes might not be there. It might be more dump-off passes. So expect a slower start from Joe Burrow with this news. Now in two weeks again, this news could change, and Joe Burrow gets out there, and he plays his first preseason, he plays a quarter, and he gets all those shakes out of him. So it's just a wait and see right now. I'm not too concerned, but it definitely is just shocking news because it's something that you don't hear a lot. Yeah, I, I just think it's weird. I think it's weird that he's saying that, right? I think it's like, I don't really, he doesn't gain anything from doing that. And Joe Burrow has to be pissed, right? That like his wide receivers talking behind his back like that. And it's a crying shame too, because Cincinnati opens the season against the Vikings, right? So Tyler Boyd could be looking at 15 targets or he could bad mouth his quarterback and not get no targets. It's very weird. The whole dynamic's weird. Like you said, we are still five weeks out, right? So I'm not, I'm not changing it yet, but I don't. When I look at Joe Burrow and I look at where he's ranked, you know, I would. So like right now today, would you take Ryan Tannehill over Joe Burrow? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, so his next quarterback, so QB twelve. So Joe Burrow right now is QB um, eleven. So if we look at QB twelve, QB twelve is. Why is this very hard to find on the list? Uh, here it is. Two B twelve is Jalen Hurts. So are you taking? Are you taking Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts? Um, I'll be taking Jalen Hurts, and that really? is just from the running aspect. Right. Okay. Joe That's Burrow true. can run with the ball, but again, with this injury even if this news didn't break i i I would know we would all know that joe burrow's probably a little nervous to run with the ball right i mean he had he had had to get his whole entire knee (laughs) reconstructed i'm sure that he is scared i i'm scared for joe burrow whatever joe burrow hits the field i'm gonna be like cringing a little bit the whole time um we only have a couple more duo news we want to touch on next one Cam Newton was announced the starter by Bill Belichick. His exact quote was, yes, Cam is our starter. Bill, always a man in many words. Kevin, what's your first interpretation of this? It doesn't change much for me. Um, I think both quarterbacks are ready to play. I think both quarterbacks at some point in the season will play. I think they're, it was a little early to call Cam Newton the starter. Yeah, yeah. Today at thought- practice, we had some great news about the rookie quarterback out of the Patriots now. Um, Mac Jones, I think, can be a player in the NFL. So I'm excited to see both of them honestly take the field. We got year two of Cam Newton. We got Mac Jones, his rookie season. I think this offense is going to move, not Kansas City-like, but it'll be a decent offense in the NFL, especially with Bill Belichick being head coach. So uh, it doesn't change much uh, with the running backs or wide receivers for me. So I'm I'm all for... 
Cam starting the year, and then Mac Jones comes in later. Because like I said, there's players such as like um, Jonu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Damian Harris who will really benefit from Mac Jones starting, right? We've talked about that before, especially Damian Harris. I really think he has high upside if Mac Jones starts. Um, Cam Newton, come on in. Ruin their ADPs. Let them all drop. Let them all drop one more round. Just one more round. Let me grab Damian Harris in the tenth, and then come week six, Damian Harris is lighting up the NFL for two hundred yards a week. I can't wait for that. I'm already excited. Last thing I want to touch on, Kev, you wanted to bring this up. CD Lamb highlight real catches. Apparently, the kid's just lighting it up in a Dallas Cowboy training camp. Well, what what have you been seeing going on there? I talk about somebody breaking the internet. In training camp, C.D. Lamb has done just that. I saw not one, not two, but three one-handed catches in the back of the end zone, beating the defense, which is not hard to do on the Dallas Cowboys. I was about to say that. His moves, his jukes, they look fluid. I think we're expecting a big year two out of C.D. Lamb. I believe C.D. Lamb will make the highest jump in ADP by the time draft day comes around in late August for all of our listeners here. Yeah, I, I was about to ask that question. Who's going to get the biggest HBO bump? Is it going to be Zeke, Amari Cooper, or C.D. Lamb? So I think, obviously, you just stated that you think it's C.D. Lamb. I couldn't agree with you more. I think C.D. Lamb is a very polarizing individual. And the other wide receivers on that, like Amari Cooper hates the television. You know, you're not going to see that guy cutting a rug up in practice. So no HBO guys going to be watching Amari Cooper. Like I just said for Cam Newton coming in, Amari, if you want your ADP to drop down, that's fine. You're a $100 million wide receiver. You don't need ADP. You don't need the cameras. You'll let the cameras be on CeeDee Lamb. Let CeeDee Lamb get that ADP jump. Let somebody draft him too early. And let's just take Amari Cooper in the later rounds. I still think Amari Cooper's going to be the wide receiver one on that team, Kev. With you seeing these highlights, do you think it's going to be CeeDee Lamb now? I think it's going to be one of those seasons that we saw long ago with the Atlanta Falcons when White was still there, and it was Julio Jones' first years. Um, and they both get about 900 to 1,000 yards. Uh, they both get about eight to nine touchdowns. I think that's the exact season we're about to see out of the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of the Dallas Cowboys fans, the organization even, Jerry Jones is saying it, that they're going to get three 1,000-yard receivers. That's not going to happen, but there will be two. I think it'll be close and just a matter of yards for who's number one by the end of the year. Let's watch this throughout the rest of the offseason, right? So right now, Larry Cooper is wide receiver 12, and C.D. Lamb is wide receiver 15. Again, uh, Kevin and I are always referencing ADP from ESPN's top 300 PPR list. So that's what I'm looking at right now. So we'll see. I'll see how that – I'm interested to see how that flips. 15 and 12 should be pretty easy numbers to remember. Last thing we want to touch on, Greek Cohen is having a tough time with his ACL injury. There's some reports coming out of camp that Cohen is walking gingerly and has a noticeable limp. This is just great news for David Montgomery, right, Kev? Absolutely. I mean, we could just touch on this a little bit. Uh, David Montgomery watches ADP to go up. Right now, he's being drafted around pick 40, which I think is pretty ridiculous. I think he should be right in the range of DeAndre Swift and Miles Sanders at 34, so the beginning of the third round. David Montgomery in the fourth, again, I think by the time draft day rolls around end of August, David Montgomery will be a third round pick and not a fourth round pick. Oh, how early would you? So if Tariq Cohen's status stays the same, right? So a, a lot of ifs we're playing with here because, you know, this this report five weeks from now could change completely. But where it's at right now, how how high 
would you draft David Montgomery? I would draft David Montgomery early third round. We're talking pick one, two, or three in the third round. So Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery? David Montgomery over Josh Jacobs, absolutely. How about Darrell Henderson? That one would be a little bit closer for me, but I'd probably go David Montgomery uh, just on in the instance of Andy Dalton may switch to Justin Fields. The one thing that they're going to need to rely on is the run game. Yeah, that's true. I just I would probably put Darrell Henderson just because he's probably going to get better, more goal line touches just because the offense is better. So I, I that would be the only one. Josh Jacobs, though, you stink, bro. I hate, it kills me to say that. You're just fantasy irrelevant all of a sudden because Kenyon Drake. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going on to our very first Davis Duo segment. We are calling this segment Stud or Dud. So I was the brainchild behind this segment, so I'll give it a little description. Essentially, Stud or Dud. We're going to be comparing players by round at their ADP. And what Kevin and I are supposed to do is Kevin and I are going to predict if they're going to be a stud, they're going to be worth that ADP, or they're going to be a dud. They're not going to be worth that ADP. So, for example, we're going to start. We're going to take turns based off a round. So I'm going to take the first round. So I'm looking at ADP 1 through 10, and I'm going to pick a player out of that, and I'm going to ask Kevin if by the end of the season he was worth that ADP, a stud, or he wasn't, therefore he's a dud. So, Kev, we spent a lot of time talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to ask you, Ezekiel Elliott, running back six, ADP number seven. At the end of the season, is he worth that ADP? Is Zeke going to be a stud or a dud? He had a tough offseason last year. So what do you think, Kev? Stud. Uh, Right now, Ezekiel Elliott is getting drafted at the end of the first, or closer to the end of the first. I like Ezekiel Elliott there. If you got people taking wide receivers like Tyreek and Devontae Adams and Zeke falls to you at the end of the first, you just had the steal of the draft probably. Zeke is a true workhorse running back. There's only about six to eight of those running backs available in the whole entire draft, and Zeke's one of those. So you know he's going to get the carries. I'm not worried about Tony Pollard. Yeah, he had two games where he did really well in Zeke's absence, then people forget that he totally fell off he couldn't sustain those kinds of carries that the Cowboys wanted to give him Zeke will be back Dak's going to be back it's going to open up the run game they're not relying on Zeke 100 percent of the time yeah so I agree I think he's going to be a stud and here here's some reasons I said that so one like you just said he missed two games he still ran for 979 rushing yards right so if he if he ran you know those two more extra games he would have crushed that thousand yard plateau. And we're always judging fantasy players if they reach that thousand yard plateau, if they're good or not, right? The only thing that was like really different from last year was his touchdown rate and his yards per attempt rate, right? And the reason those were so different is because his offensive line just wasn't there. You know, he only had six touchdowns. That's not great. The year before, he had 12. You know, so with the, his drop in touchdown and his yards per attempt went down almost half a yard per carry so those are two really stats that everyone's like talking about oh his touchdown rate is down and his yards per attempt are down his offensive line was also gone his quarterback was gone Amari Cooper missed some games CD Lamb was a rookie and Michael Gallup was just you know kind of there if this offense stays healthy 
I don't like if we look at his previous two seasons before this, he went for 1300 yards and 1400 yards. I have no doubt in my mind that a healthy Zeke, a healthy offensive line, a healthy Dak, he could easily get back to that because you don't have the red rocket throwing the ball around anymore. No one's concerned about Andy Dalton beat them deep. Everyone's concerned about Dak beating them deep. It's going to spread out the defense a little bit. I agree, Kev. Thud. Absolute stud. We started that off with an easy one. Kev, take away round two. Give me a good player. Let me let me guess it. Yeah, round two is a little interesting here. I'm going to go with a guy who had a breakout season last year on a great offense, uh, but also has another wide receiver there that has been drafted very highly in the past. I think you know where I'm going with this. It's ADP of 19 overall in the second round, so late second round. DK Metcalf. Ross, is he a stutter or dud? So, what, what, what was his ADP again? I'm sorry. 19 overall. I mean, I got to figure that's a stud, right? So, if we look at his stats last year, it was 1,300 receiving yards, 83 receptions, and 10 touchdowns, right? So, he played all 16 games last year. So, that alone is already better than 19th overall, right? So, he's what wide receiver? Wide receiver six, which, is that what you said? Uh, yeah, wide receiver six on the board right now. Yeah, so I, I'm going to assume that with more attention to the running game, a new offensive coordinator, the things that DK Metcalf is saying this offseason, he's saying everything right. He's a team-first guy. He wants to get the wins. Super Bowls, right? He wants, you know, one of the things he called out is a big difference between his offensive coordinator last year and a big offensive coordinator this year is the offensive coordinator this year is making routes and plays so DK Metcalf can make plays. And what I mean by that is instead of just sending DK Metcalf on a fly route, let him run 40 yards and throw the ball up, He's doing more slants and letting the athlete that is DK Metcalf really take over the game. I really think we can see. And so 17 games, Russell Westbrook, one more year. It's his third year in the NFL. Think about that. It's his third year in the NFL. And his first two years, he combined for 2,200 receiving yards. I think there's a real possibility. You know, if you, if you asked me to the end of the year, if DK Metcalf had 1,500 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns, I wouldn't be that shocked. I just wouldn't. I think he's far superior to Tyler Lockett in every way. And I think he's easily one of the most talented and biggest gifted um, wide receivers in the NFL. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I'm going to go with Stud on this one as well. When it comes to DK Metcalf, like you were saying, it's not even that you need to hear the reports of the new coaching staff here. It's if you watch football games last year, you understood that they're using DK Metcalf in different formations. They really saw what threat he was in the red zone. With DK Metcalf, I think his touchdown total can only go up. I have a hot take for DK Metcalf. He's going to be wide receiver one or two this year, and he's going to catch the most touchdowns in the NFL right ahead of guys like Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Most touchdowns in the NFL, though, this year going to DK. I am a DK Metcalf owner. Uh, So I am all for the prospect of DK Metcalf being wide receiver one. I love the idea. Kev, I kind of want to keep this train rolling of comparing wide receivers. I think you had a really good one with DK Metcalf. I pulled up a couple more stats that really shows when elite wide receivers take over. A lot of people are comparing DK Metcalf to Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones. Well, I looked up Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson's third or third year in the NFL. 
Calvin Johnson, after going 900 receiving yards and 700 receiving yards in his first two years, went 1,331 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. Massive jump for Calvin Johnson. That was also in 2008 where they really weren't throwing the ball a whole lot. And Julio Jones' third year, he went for 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns, right? So that's kind of when these huge, monstrous human beings took that next jump into elite. I think we're just touching the iceberg of DK Metcalf. I think him and Russell Wilson spent a lot of time in the offseason together. I think they're going to be magical. Continuing that road, difficult wide receivers to predict. You kind of mentioned it. There's another wide receiver there. Round three, pick 24, wide receiver seven is A.J. Brown. Kevin, do you think he's going to be a stud or a dud at the end of this year? I'm going with dud on this one. Oh, I agree. I thought we were going to be different on this one, but I guess not. All right, why well, do you think he's going to be a dud? Yeah, dud in this instance, just because with the addition of Julio Jones, uh, there's still Derrick Henry there. Don't get me wrong, A.J. Brown, great athlete, great football player. But at 23, uh, he just can't return that value of where he's being drafted in the early third round. We have guys after him. I mean, just look at the tight ends. You got George Kittle, Darren Waller. If I don't have a tight end yet there, I'm picking them. And then I'm looking at two wide receivers that are way after him at the end of the third round in Keenan Allen and Terry McLaurin. I will take those guys over A.J. Brown. I'm just not excited about picking A.J. Brown. Again, it's the fantasy football player in me. It's a gut feeling. It's the additions that they've made to that team the freak athlete that Julio Jones is, it's only going to take away from A.J. Brown. I don't see him improving. And at his ADP right now, people have him making a leap again, and I just don't understand. Right. I agree. So A.J. Brown's, unlike D.K. Metcalf's first two seasons, where he was impressive the whole entire time and just steadily increasing, A.J. Brown was hurt a lot of the time. He's a huge human that doesn't really feel like he can keep himself healthy. So I think that's a factor. And another factor, so as I said, I think A.J. Brown's a dud. I just don't think he's going to be living up to that standard. Um, kind of like Kevin said, I like Ted McLaurin more. I like Keenan Allen more. You could probably twist my arm and tell me to like Allen Robinson more. I could see the world while I do that. And the big reason that like, I have all these hesitations with A.J. Brown is if you look at his roster... He's the third option on there's there's a real possibility he becomes the third option on offense behind Julio and Derrick Henry, right? If we if I'm drafting someone in the third round, the first round, the second round, especially with the early selection. So based off ADP, if you want AJ Brown, you have a one through three pick. So if I'm starting the draft off, let's say I go Christian McCaffrey, let's say I get the next round, I get DK Metcalf at the end of the second round. If I'm starting the third round off with A.J. Brown, I don't really like my team. That that I don't feel good about that pick, right? So I think he's going to be a dud, too. I don't, I just, I don't know. He's got a tough schedule. His new offensive coordinator, and I already talked about how bad the last time we saw this guy as an offensive coordinator was, right? You know, in Oakland, he had a terrible season. It just feels like everything is going wrong for Brown. For Four weeks ago before Julio Jones was traded or four months ago, whenever it was. I, I could make an argument for A.J. Brown being wide receiver number one. New offensive coordinator, Julio Jones is there. It's just, it feels difficult. It feels like it's going to be hard for A.J. Brown to really get running there. So that's the first dud for me and you, Kev. Go ahead and take us to round four. 
Yeah, round four got an interesting pick here. Way late in the fourth round. Uh, ADP of 39, hovering at about 40. Uh, Chris Carson, I think personally that this guy is going to be a stud this year. I think just this late in the draft, if you're only at one running back for whatever reason, maybe you went running back, wide receiver, tight end, you need another running back, you're getting a steal in Chris Carson at his ADP. Again, is Chris Carson going to be a top five running back? No. Is he going to be a top 10 running back? No. But at fourth round pick here with Chris Carson, it's just too good to pass up. You know he's going to be a workhorse back. I'm not scared in Rashad Penny. How many years have we been praying for Rashad Penny to have a breakout year and he hasn't? Chris Carson has beaten out the competition. We already talked about how good those wide receivers are. Chris Carson is only going to open up some lanes for him. At the ADP, I think Chris Carson's a steal. That's why he's a stud. I have a hard time with Chris Carson because half of me really likes him. You know, half of me sees 2019 and 2018 where he almost had 10 touchdowns and eclipsed almost 1,200 yards each time, right? His yards per game on both those years was 82 yards. But then I see last year where he played 12 games, but he only ran the ball 141 times. That is such a low Number, I don't think that's going to be repeated again. I think that number is going to be closer to 212 game pace, which is closer, you know, which is like 300 attempts. And if you're telling me I'm getting 300 attempts from my running back that I got in the fourth round, that's pretty incredible, especially on a good offense. The, the, just the one fear I have with Chris Carson is he is in an incredible division. He has a very hard schedule. And just those two, so eight, six of his games are against top tier rush defensive teams. So that's an issue. And also, their defense is so bad that I could see the Seattle Seahawks having to throw the ball all the goddamn time, which is another good argument for DK Metcalf. So, I mean, at his ADP, I don't hate him. But like we talked about, you know, if I'm, if I'm the 10th pick and I only have one running back and that's Chris Carson, I better have Travis Kelsey. You know, I better have Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson. That's the only way I feel good about that team is if I went Travis Kelsey in the first round instead. Uh, that's only one team that that really applies to, right? So if, if I'm that one team, I have Travis Kelsey. I'm drafting Chris Carson. I'm feeling like a million bucks. I'm feeling like he's a stud. If I went running back, running back, wide receiver, and Chris Carson was sitting there, I feel like I'd rather go wide receiver in that round. Right. Um, so to answer your question, Kev, I'm going to go dud because 90% of the time I view Chris Carson as a dud at that 80 at that ADP and 10% of the time I view him as a stud. So to answer that question, we're going dud. Moving to fifth round. I'm actually really excited. I got the fifth round. I didn't know this was going to happen. ADP 51 wide receiver 25 Jamar Chase. Stud or dud at that position. Kevin, what do you think then? With Jamar Chase, it's definitely an interesting scenario. Um, I think this has to be a dud. As much as I'm excited about him coming into the league, I think a lot of people are feeling the excitement that I have. He is an athletic player. We haven't seen too much out of him in college. Obviously, we haven't seen anything out of him in the NFL yet. 
to me, he is a dud just because the excitement, the early ADP, it's just too early for me. I've already talked about wide receivers in the rookie year. They have a hard time getting going. Again, we talked about the quarterback situation that he's dealing with now, too, on top of that. I'm not really excited behind this pick. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if it's my Alabama bias that makes me not like Jamar Chase or my NFL bias that sees that Jamar Chase is on the Bengals and instantly assumes he's going to be bad because of that, right? I mean, I don't. I'm not crazy about Jamar Chase, especially that ADP. Like, I understand it's only wide receiver 25, but that means he's going to be your wide receiver too. You know, a couple of wide receivers going immediately after him, Portland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster, and T. Higgins. All three wide receivers we've seen do it before. All three wide receivers that we've seen be wide receiver ones, right? So, you know, they have the high upside kind of deal. And then and then you want me to draft, uh, you want me to draft Jamar Chase, who as of currently... His quarterback is not making the throws that he was making last year. As of currently, hasn't played a snap of football in over 12 months. You know, I mean, just just things like that. It's it, it really is crazy to me that Jamar Chase is so high. I just don't get it. He's being drafted insanely high. It's almost like Justin Jefferson last year paved the path for Jamar Chase this year. Everyone assumes that it's going to be repeated again. I really don't think it will. I'm kind of out on Jamar Chase. But again, it could just be my Alabama bias. If you're listening to this, you're like, oh, he's an Alabama fan. I don't want to listen to him about Jamar Chase. That's fine because it probably is a pretty big contributor to it. So that's just my take. Kev, you're up, my friend. Give me a sixth round. Give me a tough one. A sixth round, I'm going to go a position that we have not done yet. Uh, this man is TJ Hawkinson right oh. now, current ADP, right about at 60, 59 territory. Um, he's right at the end of the sixth round here. TJ, for me, um, personally, will be a stud in the term of he's the only guy in Detroit that can get the ball. Um, if you don't have a tight end yet, sixth round is a fine place to do it. You've already locked up your wide receivers. You already locked up three running backs. Um, if you still need a tight end at this point, TJ Hawkinson should be a guy that you can easily get rely on for 10 points a week he's not going to be the travis kelsey and be a weekly winner but you're not going to lose because of the tight end position because you have tj hawkinson i think he's guaranteed 10 points a week this year see here's my thing with tj hawkinson i agree i agree with most of what you just said except for the 10 points every week in fantasy in order for it to for in a half point ppr to be 10 points is like that's a lot of freaking points, Kevin. That's a lot of receiving yards. And I just so I don't see the Detroit Lions scoring a lot. So I don't wanna so so I don't think the Detroit Lions are gonna score a lot. So that means his scoring opportunities goes down. TJ Hawkinson already has a problem dropping the ball. So that means, you know, whatever few opportunities he does have, he drops the ball about 20% of the time. So let's say he has 10 opportunities in the end zone. He drops two of those, boom. That's already 80%, right? And then the defense is going to come into play. So I could see TJ Hawkins getting three touchdowns this year. I just, I don't like TJ Hawkins. I think Detroit's offense is going to be so bad. Jared Goff has never had a history of throwing to it at tight end. So, Kev, you give me these hard ones, man. I'm so 50-50 on all of them. I could, you know, Chris Carson was a tough one. Maybe I'm not giving you hard enough ones. Maybe it's on me. Um, I'm going to say dud to TJ Hawkinson. 
just because so I just I'm looking at the ADP sheet right now. I see Kyle Pitts one behind him. I see guys like Javante Williams. I see guys like Mike Davis. And I would just so much rather have like if I'm in the sixth round and I see Mike Davis there, I'd rather draft Mike Davis in the sixth and then like in the tenth draft Herb Smith than me draft uh TJ Hawkinson in the sixth and then like in the get Elijah Moore later in the draft, right? So I just I would just call him a dud because I just don't like his ADP. I think it's too high for me. I just don't think Detroit is going to be good enough. Like I, like the Atlanta Falcons, that ADP with Kyle Pitts being one behind him. I see a scenario where Kyle Pitts has 10 touchdowns pretty easily. They're replacing Julio Jones. They want to make sure it's worth it that that fourth overall pick is there. So they're just bombing the ball to him all the time. I don't see a world like that for TJ Hawkinson. So I'm going to go dud. Is there anything else you want to say before we move on? Nope. Uh, it's stud for me, so I'll be taking him. That's fine. You take him. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take Mike Davis. You take TJ Hawkinson. Let's move to the seventh round. Let's throw, let's throw a new position in there. You threw tight end. I'm going to throw quarterback. Quarterback six. He's moved up a lot. Pick 79. He's flying through the ADP. That's Aaron Rodgers, Kevin. You're a Green Bay guy. He's coming back. He's go, pack, go, baby. What's your thoughts on Aaron? Yeah, the the problem that you said in that sentence is he's rising. Um, if we were doing this podcast a week ago, I'd scream stud. You could get him in the seventh, eighth round. Uh, you know, end of the eighth, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers. But he's early seventh now? Uh, 79, so late seventh, early eighth. Late seventh, okay. He soon will be early seventh. He might even right. creep up to sixth round. For that instance, he's a dud for me. Last year was a special season. I know we've seen a lot of special seasons out of Aaron Rodgers. We've seen three MVPs out of Aaron Rodgers. But just simply, he's never had the seasons back-to-back. They were the number one scoring offense last year. Those things are just so hard to repeat. I still think the Packers will be good. Aaron Rodgers will be good. But I'm not taking a quarterback as an Aaron Rodgers who doesn't run the ball. He only throws it. There's not much upside except for what you saw last year. And last year, he was the best quarterback playing football, but he wasn't even the number one fantasy quarterback. He was wasn't even close. Right, I was about to say that. He wasn't, he wasn't even close. You know, that's, that's that, yeah, keep going, sorry. That, that's all I had. I mean, it, it's just Josh Allen, even though you don't see him playing better football than him on the field, it's the factor of running the ball and simply put, I'd rather take Josh Allen, even though he's going earlier, he excites me more in terms of fantasy. Right, right, right. I, I think everything you said there was so spot on, Kevin. I, I think I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers for fantasy football is coming back to the Green Bay Packers, right? I think things like that are good for football. It's good for the city of Green Bay. I'm excited for that. Um, here's a uber concerning stat for me. So in 2016, Aaron Rodgers threw 40 touchdowns, which at that point was his career high. He followed that up with a hurt season, so I'm going to discredit that. But the season after that, he threw for 25 touchdowns, and then the season after that, he threw for 26 touchdowns, which is kind of more on par for Aaron Rodgers. He's around that you know, low 30, high 20 number. He's been around that number a ton. So he went from 26 touchdown throws in 2019 to 48 in 2020. That is such an astronomical jump. It's so hard to repeat that. 
I wish Aaron Rodgers for that quarterback would go out there and throw 45 touchdowns a year. I really do. It's it's crazy. It's it's even more crazy when you look at his stats, right? So in 2019, as opposed to 2020, he threw the ball 40 less times in 2020 and had 22 more touchdowns. That's crazy. You're just not going to see that high of a touchdown percentage again. Quarterbacks being drafted around him are like Lamar Jackson. Give me his rushing upside. You know, it's just, it's very different. You know, Lamar is adored and loved by Baltimore. Aaron Rodgers is hated by Green Bay. Nobody wants him there. I will say this, though. If Rodgers does slip, you know, right now his ADP is very high, so he's a dud. If Aaron Rodgers slips like one more round, two more rounds, I'm I'm salivating pretty bad, right? So he's quarterback five right now, right? Quarterback six, I apologize, quarterback six. Quarterback eight is Justin Herbert. And I want Aaron Rodgers more than Justin Herbert so badly. And Justin Herbert is 20, po- uh, 20 picks after Aaron Rodgers, right? So that's that's really what we're dealing with, right? That's the range of outcomes between quarterback six and quarterback eight is 20 picks. So if he slips to that, you know, if, Justin, if you see Justin Herbert go before Aaron Rodgers, I feel like you got to jump on Aaron Rodgers. Just too good of an opportunity to pass up. That's enough, though, on Aaron Rodgers. Kev, you're up next. What's your pick for the eighth round? Yeah, last pick here, I guess, for the uh, studs and duds. Um, eighth round, I will go uh, Chase Edmonds. Ross, what do you think of the Arizona running back being drafted around ADP of 78, 79? So what's James Conner's ADP? I want to ask that. Do you happen to? If not, I can look it up real quick. So James, James Conner. So I got it right here. So James Conner ADP is one ten, right? I could see James Conner easily having Kenyon Drake's year last year. That is, if you pull up Kenyon Drake's stats last year, they weren't like that crazy. It was two hundred thirty nine attempts for nine fifty five and ten touchdowns. That was good enough for running back 15. I could see James. I, I don't see Chase Edmonds being the goal line back, being the run up the middle guy. I just I just don't see that. I see that for James Conner. James Conner at 110, I love. I love that. Chase Edmonds at where he's at, I, I kind of like ugh, get scared about it. You know, he's running back 23. You know, he's going before Travis Etienne and Kareem Hunt. I'd probably rather have Travis Etienne and Kareem Hunt over that. Therefore, I'm going to give Chase Edmonds a dud. But surely somebody smarter than me thinks he's better than he is. So maybe maybe I'm thinking about him all wrong. Kevin, maybe you can enlighten me. Yeah, I think for right now, he is a stud. Um, if he drops a little bit more, he's even more of a stud, which I think will happen. I think we have a lot of people who still believe in James Conner. I simply am not one of those people. James Conner was not supposed to be a superstar. He was on the Steelers for their few good years when they already knew how to run the ball with Le'Veon Bell with that great offensive line that they had. I don't think James Conner is going to shine in Arizona. I think Chase Edmonds will be the running back in Arizona that you want. At his ADP right now at eighth uh, round is a little bit high for me. But again, you're getting a running back who has a chance to play in your flex. Uh, if you're low on running backs, I'm going to go stud here. Uh, he's worth the pick. I will take him over the current running backs in that area that Ross just mentioned. I will say, I'm looking at Chase Edmonds some more, and, and his receiving upside is very high. You know, last year in 16 games, he had 67 targets and 53 receptions, right? 
And that was really splitting a lot of time with Kenyon Drake. So it kind of turned me around on it. This is why you listen to the podcast, though, right? You get you get more information, you get turned around, you have opinions, and you listen, you research more, and you have more stats behind it. I just, I don't know. I, I would just, give me Travis Etienne. I've seen, uh, it's just, it's so hard when running backs have all these opportunities. Last year was a great example. Kenny Drake missed three weeks. Give the ball to Chase Edmonds. Let him take over. And he just really didn't, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical of Chase Edmonds. He's only been in the year three, uh, league three years, so maybe he'll come around. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say dud. You're going to say stud. Cav, do you want to do? Nope, that was, we're good. All right, that was it for the episode, right, Kevin? Am I missing anything? Nope, that wraps it up. That wraps it up, ladies and gentlemen. As always, questions, comments, concerns, tweet us, text us, comment on our website, comment on the podcast, subscribe, give us five stars. Ladies and gentlemen, I love it. Thank you very much for giving me the time of the day. Kev, until next time, my friend.